It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Backroom Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of two, with a third coming any day now, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. (laughs) Today on the show, we will be reviewing Luca and discussing some of the weird controversy around the movie. Also on the show, let Jesus take the wheel. Just not like this. But first, today is Monday, July 19th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. A holiday. Oh, right. An important holiday. holiday. Uh, It is global hug your kids day. So the existence of this holiday kind of makes me sad. Okay. Because it's a great premise, but like. Why, Why would we, we need a day for it? To remind Why us are to you hug not hug hugging your kids every day? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I will say this, though. There comes a time when, you know, they're teenagers and hugging isn't like a everyday kind of thing anymore mm. like it is when they're little. Now, gotcha. I hug my boys every night before they go to bed. Um but I don't, like, just out of nowhere anymore kind of walk up to them and just give them a big old squeeze. Because I'm not, like, I'm shorter than them now. <laughs> so, if anything, they should walk up to me and give me a big old squeeze. <laughs> Would you feel like you don't have the right because they're taller than you? Well, it's kind of... <laughs> so, think about hugging hugging your boys. Like, yeah. you know, you can't... You, wrap them in your arms and you just kind of fold them up and do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can pick them up and shake them a little and <laughs> kiss them all over their forehead. You know? You can't do that here. It, with teenagers, it's not I got yet. you. I got you. They would be like, that will never what happen are to me you doing? I'm extremely tall. So. Yeah. Uh, We are recording the first half of today's show on Twitch, and we have got uh, Silver and Kiwi in the chat today. Silver is saying, you know, she's shorter than anyone, if that helps. I mean, she's shorter than everyone. (laughs) Pretty sure you said anyone. Oh, I did. Well, yeah, Yeah. everyone. I mean, what does it matter? Um, It's the same either way. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not proper when you say it the other way. So we've had a couple weeks off here, Mo. We have. Uh, you, you've had a lot happen in this time. I feel like. Have I? Facebook is, has shown. What's gone on? <laughs> um, well, my children have gone to camp. At the time of the recording, my daughter is currently at camp, which is like, whoa, Matt. Is that me? Yes. Not bad. Get your stuff under control. <laughs> um, this is only her second time being at camp because they didn't do, you know, church camps last year during COVID. So, um, 
it's very, I don't know, it's very strange. I can send the boys easy. Yeah. Get up out my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very odd sending Mila off and away. So anyway, um, and I had a birthday. Mm-hmm. I am officially irrelevant um, <laughs> and had an anniversary. Yeah, so I keep forgetting that your anniversary is is it the next day? Two days after. Two days after. It's like really close yep. to your birthday. Two days after my birthday. You knock those out one right after the other. Yep. Feel sorry for Chris. <laughs> yeah. So. Poor guy. Poor yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife and I went on our first date since September <laughs> this past weekend, and that was fun. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually were at the movie theater we at the, the same, theater same time, time and, and didn't, didn't even know, know it. it. Yeah. See, so to people who say that Clovis is so small, listen, (laughs) best friends at the movie theater at the same time didn't even see each other. Didn't even know we were there until afterwards. So it's not that small. Uh, But I've got some uh, exciting news in my family. What? The baby's not born yet. That's not what I'm talking about. I was so hoping she was going to come on my birthday. I really was. But uh, no, uh for the last um, couple months, uh, at night, when uh, when we read, when I, I put the boys to bed most nights, and so I'll read them a story, and uh, you know, then we'll pray and we'll go to bed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For the last couple months, though, I've been starting to read like a little bit of a chapter from the Gospel of John. Okay. Uh, as well, and every night, my son Eli has just had a buttload of questions. And so we sit there and we just talk through all the questions while Johnny's starting to doze off, you know, while Eli and I are talking. And uh, he's been, he's been, you know, having questions for a long time, but like this really opened it up to like, okay, I have a designated part of the day now where I can ask all these questions. And so after a long while, a few very long conversations, I had the honor of walking him through prayer of salvation. Prayer. That's amazing. Yeah. So he's, he's very Aww, excited. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's weird, you know, we're sitting there, you know, we've already had a couple conversations with him where like we bring him out, we let Johnny go to bed and we bring him out and talk and we're trying to make sure he understands what it is. And, you know, but at the same time we're sitting there thinking like, well, we don't want to like talk him out of it, uh-huh. you know, like wh- yeah. how, 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 <laughs> how far do we like push to make sure he understands uh, before he's just like, never mind, I'm not going to do it. Because, um, you know, the Bible says faith of a child, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. And so, like, we're we're overthinking it, of course, as parents. But uh, he finally just made it clear, like, this is what I want. And uh, so it was it was cool. It was exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So Yay. Did you <sighs> then say, so now I'm not only your dad, but I'm your brother. I did not say that because that's weird, and he's too young to understand that. I've said that to every single one of my kids. <laughs> not only your mom, but I'm your sister, and yeah, they are like, what? stop it, stop it, mom. Q <laughs> uh, in our chat says, if someone asks you to name four books of the Bible, just say John. He's yeah. not wrong. I saw that uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine meme too. That was yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I made it too easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else? Um, I, you know, I don't think so, but it's even if I chill. did have anything else to say, it like would pale in comparison yeah, to that. Right. So yeah, there's, it's there's been no a, point. been a fairly chill 
break we've had. It's been nice. Uh-huh. Uh, let's take a break right here. When we come back, Jesus, take the wheel. Stick around. This week in Nerdy News, this is LTNN. Valve has announced its new Steam Deck, a Switch-like handheld that works with your Steam account, allowing you to play your Steam games on the go. Three versions are available at a pretty steep price. The cheapest version with 64 gigabytes of storage will run you 400 bucks. <laughs> with the most expensive version clocking in at 650. Though this version comes with 512 gigabyte storage and a lot more bells and whistles. Set to begin shipping in December, Steam members were able to start reserving theirs for just $5 last week, but the demand knocked Valve for a loop as the Steam store began to produce error after error in their sign-in process, credit card checks, their ability to participate, age gates, and even Steam's community pages went wonky. Despite this, enough reservations have been taken that it looks like the earliest you can expect to get yours if you sign up today is early to mid 2022, so maybe don't wait too much longer. Google is tweaking 992 of its emoji designs to make them more universal, accessible, and authentic. The new designs will arrive alongside Android 12 this fall, but will also be available on some older versions, and these will also change for Gmail, Chrome, Google Chat, and YouTube Live Chat this month. While none of the changes are particularly drastic, they are designed to help make the emoji more easily recognizable. For example, the pie emoji is changing from a slice of pumpkin pie, which in many other places in the world might more closely represent a tart, instead to a traditional steaming apple pie. Other changes include bolder, more exaggerated looks for the croissant, bacon, scissors, several vehicles, the bikini, and also the face mask emoji is getting a change, changing the character from a sad, closed-eyes, sickly expression to a wide-eyed open one, wearing the mask, to reflect this change in our society since COVID. And finally, author Rick Riordan shared an update about Disney's Percy Jackson series. He said, I am delighted to report that I am feeling more confident than ever about the quality of writing the show will have, and I am over the moon about the level of thoughtfulness and love for the book series that everyone is bringing to the discussion. The Percy Jackson series has no release date at this time, but keep an ear out for more news. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is... LTNN. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Mac. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week, we record our shows the Friday or Saturday before with our friends on Twitch. Follow us on twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after show discussion and even opportunities for you to be on the show yourself. But before we go any further, it's time for Mo. Speaking oh, no, of Twitch. No, it, it's not. It's Thank not you for that Mo. follow. Brother Mod, whom I'm assuming is not a mod, uh, but welcome. <laughs> nice. It is time for Mo's fact of the day. All right. So, a hug a day may, in fact, keep the doctor away. In a 2014 study, researchers at Carnegie Mellon University met 
measured social support in the form of hugs in more than 400 healthy adults. For two weeks, participants were asked about the number of times they experienced interpersonal conflict and the number of hugs they received each day. The researchers then exposed the participants to a common cold virus. What they found was that perceived social support and hugs reduced the risk of infection. The more often people hugged, the less likely they were to get sick, even those who frequently experienced conflict. Interesting. It's because they're building their immunity. <laughs> it's because they're breathing in the germs of everyone around them. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I really did. Like, I, as I was looking up facts, I was like, I mean, this is genius. Not only is it good for your mental health, but it is good for your physical health. Because you are building an immunity to whatever you come in contact with when you hug that person. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. So hug somebody. (laughs) But especially your kids, because today's Global Hug Your Kids Day. Hug Your Kids Day. Yep. And we all know that they got tons of viruses stuck to them. (laughs) Tons of germs. They can handle it all. We can't. Yep. I'm just here to look out for everybody. That's all. (laughs) All right. Now it's over to our weird news desk. That's right. We got three stories here that you might not have heard yet that are just a a bit bit weird. Uh, A bit weird. First off... We got a woman lets God take the wheel to test her faith, then crashes her car into a house. Wow. An Ohio woman is facing numerous charges after she allegedly let God take the wheel of her car last month, causing a high-speed crash. The woman intentionally ran through a red light, causing a crash near the intersection of Richmond Road and Shaker Boulevard in Beechwood on the night of June 15th, according to a police report. Officers from the Beechwood Police Department arrived at the scene in uh, the 2900 block of Richmond Road just after midnight of June 16th to find a vehicle had knocked down several power lines, a utility pole, and crashed into a house. No one uh, inside the home was injured, according to local media. The police report said 31-year-old woman, uh, who has not been identified, (laughs) approached officers at the scene and told them she had been driving the vehicle that was involved in the crash. She also said that her 11-year-old daughter was sitting in the front passenger seat at the time. According to WJW, traffic cameras captured the woman's vehicle traveling south on Richmond Road at more than 100 miles per hour. The footage showed her vehicle speeding through a red light at the intersection of Shaker Boulevard. After running through the light, her vehicle hit another car and spun at a high rate of speed until it struck a utility pole, another car, and then the house. The driver of the other vehicle man, uh, man managed to avoid being injured, according to the station. According to the police report, the woman told officers that she drove at high speed and through the red light in order to test her faith in God. She also said she had been recently fired from her job and was going through a difficult time. So I'm curious, like, you tested your faith, so where is it right now? But, no, like, did, did that solidify or did that crush it? But also, you are, like, your 11-year-old daughter. Uh, Guaranteed, guaranteed, said daughter doesn't believe in God now. (laughs) I mean, Jesus Take the Wheel is a song lyric. It's not a Bible verse. It's figurative, friends. A figurative song lyric. (laughs) It's not something that you should be using as a part of your faith. Mm. Anyway. She seems to be in in okay health. Uh, Everything that I've read, the other news story that I had that has been deleted, said that both the woman and the the girl were okay. So, uh, 
Just hope it stays that way. Next news story. An unopened (laughs) Super Mario 64 game from 1996 sells for $1.56 million. Okay. Heritage Auctions in Dallas said that this 1996 game sold last Sunday, breaking its previous record price for the sale of a single video game, which was... And unopened copies of Nintendo's uh, The Legend of Zelda selling at auction the Friday before at $870,000. Spokesman did not immediately respond to an inquiry about who purchased it, uh, but it is, a, you know, the best-selling game from uh, Nintendo 64, which is one of the most iconic, uh, seriously, <laughs> Twitch chat, Twitch chat censors Jesus? Come on now. There weren't wheels to take when Jesus was alive. That's right. It's not in the Bible. (laughs) What what would have been the equivalent? What would they... I don't know. Jesus, take Take the the reins. (laughs) The reins of the donkey. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Yeah. So I'm not even mad about the Mario game. (laughs) It's pretty cool, Mm -hmm. actually. And lastly... Parents are furious. Oh, gosh. I forgot what this story was. Parents are furious after a library uses an actor in a monkey costume (gasps) with a fake wiener attached to him to encourage kids to read. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Parents in East London, England were up in arms when an actor wearing a monkey costume, complete with a uh, fake... You know, showed up at a local (laughs) local library as part of a program meant to encourage children to read. This year's theme for uh, Good Maze Library in Ridgebridge was Wild Wild World Heroes. And the actors who showed up to launch the contest included someone dressed as a strawberry, another as a frog, and then this monkey. Um... (laughs) You can see the photo here, Mo, but I'm not going to put it on Twitch or anybody to see. <laughs> a lot of people took pictures of this and started tweeting. Oh, thank you for that follow, Prexum. Uh, started tweeting the library about what What are you thinking? And so here's, <laughs> I, I, here's the response I, of the library. During an event put on by the library today, there was a performance by a carnival arts company. Unfortunately, one of the animal costumes was inappropriate, which we were not aware of at the time of booking, and we deeply apologize for the offense caused. This is being looked into. This will never happen again. But... How'd you let him walk out? But... (laughs) Earlier comments... (laughs) Earlier comments on their social media... Tends to lean otherwise that they knew what they were doing because someone wrote to them that was a shock when that monkey turned around and the library replied I know monkey's out of control but when you've got it flaunt it I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Praxim actually brings up exactly what my thought was in, how does in this the encourage chat. People? Yeah, but how how does this encourage kids to read? If anything, I I don't know. Oh. I don't know. If I don't you're know. that, if I you're mean, the- maybe it would encourage <laughs> little boys to read. I, 
I, I don't know. If you are the guy in the rainbow monkey costume and you know that this is a part of your costume, how do you not like voluntarily say, hey, are you sure you want me yeah, <laughs> in all um, this thing? Yeah. I, I don't know. Can't trust libraries these days. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. <laughs> Let's take another quick break. When we come back, our review of Luca. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Radio Matt, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. A well-done sci-fi comedy is a rare delicacy, and an even rarer thing is a vehicle for Alan Tudyk that lasts, but we may have found a series that could be both. Today I'm reviewing Resident Alien, the sci-fi channel series based on a Dark Horse comic series by Peter Hogan and Steve Parkhouse. The series follows an alien in disguise as a human as he tries to navigate life on Earth in an effort to sneakily put an end to the human race. Alan Tudyk plays the alien who kills and subsequently assumes the identity of Dr. Harry Vanderspiel then assimilates himself into a small-town community in Colorado and is roped into a murder investigation when the town doctor is found dead. Since he's the only other doctor in town, he is harangued into being the new town doctor. Assuming the human role also brings with it a new set of human emotions and relationships for him to deal with, often leading to his priorities getting mixed up. His chief nemesis is a nine-year-old boy who has a one-in-a-million gene that allows him to see the alien in his true form. It's quite the hilarious battle. And one of the most interesting things about the show is how he continues his practice as a doctor by learning how to perform procedures by googling them. Who needs a medical degree anymore? The first season is available on Peacock and the second season has been greenlit. Rotten Tomatoes gives that series a 93% fresh score and I agree with this. Of course, Alan Tudyk has always been an incredibly talented actor and has an IMDb page a mile long, but Resident Alien feels like the most perfect role he's ever had. Not quite family friendly, but certainly an entertaining show for adults. I give the sci-fi series Resident Alien a solid 9 out of 10 UFOs. That's the review, and remember, you shouldn't ignore ninjas. Welcome back to the Backgirl Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, are you following us on all the socials? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the Backrow LTN and connect with us. We're also on Instagram, but I don't really post there a whole lot. So. Yeah, that's fair. You uh, should just give me <laughs> the login information for Instagram. I probably should, yeah. That would probably be the better idea. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. Okay. So have you guys seen Pixar's latest offering, Luca? I'm going to admit, I saw the preview and I thought this was going to be on par with The Good Dinosaur, as in Pixar's movies I couldn't care less about. <laughs> but, but my wife happened to watch it and liked it, and then Mo watched it and wanted to talk about it. Then both Christians and the LGBT community were unhappy with it. And so I realized that I had to see this movie before we get into the controversy, though. Uh, we're going to give our like overall reviews. Uh, but before that, here is your spoiler warning. <laughs> we are about to discuss Luca without any regard for it. We're going to spoil the movie for you. So if you don't want to hear it yet, come back to the podcast for this episode 
later. So you saw it before Mimo. Uh huh. What were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, I loved the movie. Loved the movie for several reasons. Probably the biggest being where does it take place? Oh, I didn't even think about that connection. Yeah. 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 Uh, it takes place in Italy. So for me, it, I felt kind of homesick <laughs> over it, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it in in that aspect. I honestly can't think of my about. Well, I guess like Frozen is Norway, right? I think so. I can't think of another Disney movie that was in like a big European Ratatouille. Where was Ratatouille in? I think France. Oh, pretty sure it's. Oh wait, 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 wait. Wait, what? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right. <laughs> See, I just I just needed time to think on what I was saying before I now said it. <laughs> but I didn't think about anything before I said it, so yeah. And that's what a talk show is. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So, yeah, I loved it for that aspect, first and foremost. <clears throat> Anything more like specific? Like we're, we we did the spoiler warning. You can talk about specific things about the movie you liked. Um. Okay. So I really loved the. Um. I love the relationship between the parents, Luca's parents, and Luca, and that. I'm gonna need to pull up the names of all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Alberto is the other boy. Alberto is the boy. Luca, and then. What was the girl's Juliana, name? Juliana. Juliana. Julia. 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 Um, I because they are your protective parents who want what's best for their boys or their boy, their son. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. Um, anyway, but then you add the grandmother in as a another aspect to the whole storyline. And to me, that's just it. It lends to the generational, um, I guess, misunderstandings, if you will, mm. in a family dynamic, because the grandmother, the whole premise is that you're not they are. Mermaids, I guess. Mermen. That's what they are, right? Like Sea monsters. Sea monsters. Not mermaids. Not mermaids. Sorry. I was Mermaids wrong. are half human, half fish. You're right. You're right. My bad. They were sea monsters. I'll leave you up to figure out how that comes to be. Really? <laughs> they are sea monsters. But when they leave the ocean, when they leave the sea, they become human. And Luca is told his entire life not to surface not right. to go above the water um, and that it's evil and, you know, your normal, typical Disney don't do this because evil is on the other side. Right. Right. Uh -huh. right. Um, all the while, the grandmother apparently had been surfacing her entire life, mm -hmm. going, going up to land um, to enjoy what humans enjoy. Food, card games, all uh -huh. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so Luca gets drawn out from something shiny. This actually reminded me a lot of The Little Mermaid and the fact that it was like um, 
you know, shiny objects that had right. gone. Like human stuff that yeah. fell into the ocean. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where did this come from? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> A dingle hopper for her, her hair. That's what she calls it. I know. <laughs> My good grief. Um, anyway. It's a good insult for someone. You dingle hopper. <laughs> uh, I guess so. <laughs> I'm going to um, start saying that. Is it a dingle hopper now? I'm questioning whether or not that's what it's called. I'll Google it. You keep talking. Okay. Um, so eventually, yeah. okay. Eventually Luca surfaces and ends up finding a friend who is just like him. Um, Alberto. Or Alberto actually kind of draws him out of the sea to surface. Yeah, because Alberto's been like harassing boats, knocking stuff off their boat. Uh-huh. And then it sinks into the ocean and he takes it up uh-huh. and adds it to his little fort. Right. That he has on a little island just off the coast of the city in Italy. Mm-hmm. That's there. Yeah. Which I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't ever say like specifically where they are, but I am guessing. It seems Italian. Well, yeah, I know the that Vespas. it's Yeah, I know that it's Italian. The characters, the character names, the things that they eat. I was talking about specifically where in Italy. Oh, I got gotcha. um, But I'm pretty certain, almost 100% sure, that it is Cinque Terre, which is the five cities along the Amalfi Coast. Mm-hmm. So okay. go Google it sometime, and there's specific scenes that look exactly like Cinque Terre, which anyway, um, that is neither here nor there about the movie. But <laughs> all the while... The sea monsters are being told never to surface, that there's evil beyond. Also, humans have had this long-standing legend of sea monsters Mm -hmm. and trying to capture the sea monsters. You got like statues, fountains, artwork, all depicting trying to kill sea monsters. Right, right. So now that these boys have surfaced and they're running through this town, they're trying to have to uh, fit in. As much as possible. And, um, not get wet. Yes, not get wet, because <laughs> the second that they get wet, they begin to turn back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the scenes where we first realize that any water at all, or no, I guess it was when he got splashed with the water yeah. at the dinner table. Alberto gets splashed, and then they realize, oh, my gosh, any water. But then they wake up in the morning. They had slept outside. They wake up in the morning, and... The dew had set, and so they look at each other, and they're like, we're sea monsters. We got to hide, you know? Um, Anyway, but this entire movie just goes around two very different um, legends from two perspectives, Um, and then, of course, because it's Disney Pixar, ties it all together at the end with a pretty little bow of how we can coexist. Yeah. So, it's not my favorite Pixar movie by far, but it's not down there with The Good Dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Um, It's weird comparing it to other Disney movies or kids' movies. We have a villain, Ercole Visconti. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. A villain, a bully. Yeah. With no backstory on why he's a bully. You're right, yeah. 
he's mm-hmm. just the bad guy. And there's no redemption for him in the movie whatsoever. Nope. And that's a rare, rare thing. I'm not sure if I like it, but it's just rare. It's different. We also have Massimo, which is uh, Juliana's dad and the 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 owner of the place that the boys stay or eat at, at least. Uh, and Massimo has a disability. Hmm. He has no arm. Yeah. It did not come about through some tragic circumstance. It was not eaten by a sea monster. It was not taken in a storm. He was born without the arm, and they just kind of address it and then walk uh-huh. on. Yep, which that's I love. also weird. No, I loved. No, that. no, yeah. I, I liked it, but it's weird. That's not common. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it didn't tie into the story of you know the overall story at all, and you would expect it to. Kind of, because that's typically how this goes. It's usually like this person, you know, his arm got eaten by a sea monster or whatever in the past. And now he's got his hard heart against sea monsters. And at the end, he sees that the two boys that he's loved were sea monsters all along. And he has a change of heart. You expect, like, that kind of thing. And that didn't happen. Right. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. Also, there is a love triangle that has nothing to do with romance. Mm -hmm. It's all about friendship and even jealousy within. Yep. Friendship mm-hmm. <laughs> between Alberto, Luca, and Juliana, or Julia. Why do I keep saying Juliana? Julia. Uh, also, kind of a rare thing to see in these movies, mm-hmm. or in movies in general. Having there was there was n- no romantic plot in the movie at all. The only like couple we see are the parents mm-hmm. of uh, Luca. And even then, it's not like a they're not they don't they're not overly romantic or anything about it. It's very much focused on friendship and friendship alone. And so overall, this was a cute movie with two buddies who are seeking adventure, but also living in fear of being discovered for what they really are, afraid they won't be accepted, or even worse, they'll be killed. Uh, so Mo brought this up as a as a topic because we've been hearing some like controversy around Christian circles mm-hmm. about this movie. Yeah. So what were what were these controversies? Well, just as you said and pointed out, there's a love triangle. Um and also just like you said and pointed out, it's not romantic. Right. By any means. It's three children for Pete's sake. But because it's involving two boys um, there is a lot of accusation that this is um, heavy on gay relationship. Right. Um, that it's pointing children in the direction of, you know, boys dating boys. And so I think that is the main point that has a lot of, um, I don't want to say, Uneducated, but a lot of <laughs> Christians in a tizzy. Yeah. <clears throat> now, there, I did mention like there's jealousy in this, and that is uh, Alberto. Alberto gets jealous of Luca and Juliana getting along and having like the same interests and things. Mm-hmm. But that is clearly, uh, you know, eventually at least, clearly shown to be because Alberto has been alone for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father uh, left and never came back and he stayed in that place where they had lived 
and waited and counted the days so long to the point where he just stopped counting. And he had finally found somebody to live his life with, to go on adventures with. He got off the island for the first time into the city with uh, Luca, and he was afraid of losing that friendship. And that's, I mean, that's it. No love story, no anything like that. So on the other side of the coin, I have read some articles complaining from the LGBTQ side of things, saying, why wasn't this a love story? (laughs) And even some articles trying to make it sound like, no, it really is kind of a love story. And they go on the list these reasons, but the reasons they give are either incorrect or really reaching. One of the things they say is that there's even a scene where they both stare off into the sunset with their arms around each other's waists. I'm like, I just watched the movie. Their arms are not around each other's waists. They're over their shoulders. They're around their shoulders, which is how dudes (laughs) do this. But they started pointing out all these things like... Uh, well, like they're riding the, the, the bikes together and Luca's holding on tight around uh, Alberto's waist and, you know, because he feels protected by him because they're, you know, romantically involved. You know, they clearly love each other. They clearly have feelings for each other. So this all means that they must be gay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I spent my entire childhood being told by society that... Just because you show affection for other guys, just because you admit that you love other guys, does not mean that you're gay. Like, that was drilled into us, that it's okay to show emotion, it's okay to be close with other guys, and it not be anything to be embarrassed about because it has nothing to do with your sexuality. And now, we're using those exact same things that, you know, we had to fight against being teased for back then the camaraderie between two close friends and saying, no, that all means definitely that they're gay. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the complete opposite argument. Um, according to the director, Enrico Casarosa, Luca, Luca isn't a love story at all. It's not a straight one. It's not a gay one. It's not one with uh, love triangles or schoolyard crushes. Carosa specifically wanted to focus on the intimate bonds of childhood friendship. There's even a female character, but there's no love story even hinted at, just friendships being tested. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say that we wouldn't want this movie to be a... Uh, allegory for for you know gay people coming out or for racism or anything else that's super controversial because its ending would not be realistic at all and i also kind of find that just the ending as it is is a little unrealistic as well so in the movie there's this race and that's the the key the key driving force that's the macguffin of the movie that they're building up to this race where you swim Bike, eat, eat pasta, mm-hmm. and then ride a bike. Yep, like this big, it's like a triathlon. Big triathlon where one of the things is eat a big bowl of pasta. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it starts to rain while Luca is on the bike, mm-hmm. and so he he gets uh, he gets under like this little roof thing, and he just stops pedaling, 
and he's hoping the rain's going to let up. Alberto, having already, like, left him behind and not wanted to be a part of a friend anymore, was, you know, upset at the mm-hmm. friendship with uh, Julia. Was a falling out. Yeah. Falling out. Mm-hmm. Comes back, and he's running with an umbrella, and he's trying to, you know, get him to have the umbrella or whatever. He loses the umbrella, right? Like, it slips out of his hand or gets knocked out or yeah. something. Something happens to where the rain starts hitting Alberto, and he gets found out for who he is. Eventually, Luca's like, oh, no, and he runs down, he grabs him, whatever. They roll to the end of the race. They're getting chased now by the bully and all this kind of stuff. They get to the bottom. They win the race, but they're both sea monsters. And it takes all of 30 seconds for everyone to be like, okay, this is fine. Like, the village is based on killing sea monsters. So many fountains, so many artworks. People have harpoons with them at all times in case of a sea monster spotting. And these two boys win the race, and there ain't nothing in the rule book that says two sea monsters can't win this race. That's not how they talked at all. And, no, that's from Air Bud. <laughs> Ain't nothing in the rule book says a dog can't play basketball. Mm. <laughs> and so they win the prize, and then they're just celebrated. Everyone's fine with it. Massimo uh, comes out and basically says, or basically just implies that, you know, he's going to protect them or whatever. Yeah. And... uh that was it. Then, like, everybody, like, ha- oh, not half the people, but a handful of people just, like, took off their umbrellas or whatever and showed themselves as sea monsters. And then they had a big party, sea monsters and humans. Like, if this was supposed to be an allegory for one of these big controversial things, this would set you up to feel marginalized. Because why can't real society be this way? Yeah. You know, if you're if you're wanting your kid to see this and say, see, look what will really happen. That's not reality. The world is not nice like this. Not 30 seconds nice. There are people that are nice, but it's a lot more complicated of a situation to deal with. Uh, I mean, if anything, this is a story for kids who feel slightly weird or like outsiders who are in search of friends uh, in a deeply emotionally vulnerable time in their lives. It's a story story about nerds, essentially. It's not a story about some big giant thing. And not all movies need to be. Now, I can see if there is a, a child who feels uh, like they might be homosexual or might be dealing with anything of that nature, how they could pull some mm-hmm. encouragement from this movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's okay to acknowledge that's not what the movie's about. Yeah. It's okay to mm-hmm. just have a movie be about normal, everyday things that everybody deals with. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have a universally acceptable movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's the big, the big kicker that a lot of people aren't realizing is that for whatever reason, we have sexualized kids' movies. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why, why is it either. So important? Kids have... movies, kids TV shows. Yes. Yes. Did we really need a Blues Clues transsexual pride parade YouTube video? Did we really need a Muppets special on 
transsexuality last month. Like, let let the parents and the adults teach the children about that if that's what they want. It We don't need to take the characters that are universally loved and then make it focused on sexuality mm-hmm. for preschoolers. There's, Just, yeah, there, first and foremost, let's let our kids be kids. Yes, please. Let's let our kids enjoy their childhood without forcing them to grow up and face mature um, situations way before they should even be exposed to them. Right. Um, I mean, geez, I can remember when we were kids having the birds and the bees talk was like, that was the worst thing that my parents had to ever face in parenting, right? Right. But now it seems as though from the second our children are born, we're right. encouraging them in their sexuality one way or another. And and like study after study has shown that until the child is at least an older teenager, they might have a wide variety of feelings and think that they're one way or another. Most kids that grow up thinking, like, for instance, that they're uh, the wrong gender. Mm. Most kids who reach, like, the age of 18, 19, eventually realize, no, they weren't. Like, they had an issue, and they might have had, like, a kind of identity crisis situation going on, but they eventually work through it if we just let the time go. Mm -hmm. But we get to the point where we're like... We have parents who see their young boy play with a doll when he's three years old. He goes, oh, that, that's a girl. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? <laughs> what are we doing? And that's another one of those things. I grew up being taught that it's okay for boys to play with dolls. It doesn't mean anything. And now society is taking anything that is um, stereotypically feminine and if a boy does one of those things, imply that that's really a girl in a boy's body, and vice versa. Just can we not? <laughs> it's like it's the same thing with work. You know, we, we always remember when we were growing up. We're like, don't don't make your kids work too much. Let them enjoy being a child. Don't you know? Focus so much on just chores and you know it's important to have that kind of stuff but don't make their whole life fill up their whole schedule with this that and this and you know learn this and do this and play this and never give them time to just run free and be kids mm-hmm. let's apply that same mindset to sexuality please let's not just overwhelm them with so many extremely confusing things even to adults about sexuality and genders and all these other things and just let them be kids and let them figure it out on their own over time. Eventually, I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a whole group of parents who believe that they're they're helping their children. And I don't think for one second that the um, um, reasoning behind... Uh, their talks or, you know what you I mean? You don't think they're being malicious? I don't, absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. I don't think that they're being terrible at the heart of their 
reasonings right, whatsoever. Their intentions. Their yes, intentions thank are you. Good. Thank you. Um, but what I don't think we're, we realize is that we're overwhelming their tiny little brains. <laughs> you know, I mean, you said these things are hard for even adults to fully understand and mm-hmm. grasp and, you know, get a good hold on. Our children are not at a point maturity wise or mental capacity wise to understand these big adult issues, mm-hmm. big adult concepts, I should say. It's like um, trying to explain Bitcoin to your kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many, so many layers mm-hmm. of confusion. Right. <clears throat> um, there. So when we consider foreign languages, right, it's I think it's noble. It's honorable almost to be able to speak more than just one language. Yeah. Right. Um, that's something that you would encourage your kids to do. Learn a foreign language. And right? most most foreign countries do. Right. <laughs> um, America's lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when my middle child was in preschool, he was actually in class with a three-year-old who was completely mute, had mm. not spoken at all, and was going through, you know, different um, tests and seeing different specialists to try and figure out what was going on. Well, they found out that he was in an Italian preschool Mm. where they were speaking Italian Mm. all the time. His mom um, spoke Spanish at home and his dad spoke English. So on a daily basis, this boy is being spoken to in three different languages and he could understand every single one of them. He knew what was being asked of him, but he didn't know how to communicate. Uh-huh. So his brain was being overwhelmed. He wasn't able to identify where to go. Yeah. In that same way, when we overwhelm our children with ideas or things that we find noble, you know, um, there's going to come a time where they feel a bit of a, an identity crisis. Yeah. They're not going to know, well, what do I choose? Yeah. And just with your example of, you know, the kid is mute, so he can't talk. Children are not typically sexual beings. Right. They They have not developed in that way yet. To the point where they can even begin to kind of understand what their bodies are going to be doing when they hit puberty or later. Mm-hmm. So they also have no way to really understand what you're talking about or communicate it back to you. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's weird that we have to sexualize everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to, to wrap this back up, back into Luca, <laughs> can we just have a fun movie, please, and not argue about it from both sides? Christians, we're talking to you, too. Quit being so dang sensitive over everything. There was a blink and you missed it lesbian company, cup, couple, company, couple in D- Finding Dory. Yeah. And we got so upset. You couldn't really tell that they were lesbians at all. They could have been sisters. You had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were making out on camera. Mm-hmm. Can we just stop it? Mm-hmm. Just chill out and enjoy things. Mm-hmm. Life does not need to be so difficult all the time. Mm-hmm. I think, truthfully, what we also need to remember is that when we um, 
put labels on things, when we say that this movie is specifically for this community, it then leaves out a whole other group of people who could have found comfort in the movie. You know, just as you said, it essentially, it's about nerds. <laughs> you know? It's about people who don't feel like they're part of the rest of the world. Right. They're just slightly different. Something's amiss, you know? And, I mean, if we're being real, I feel like everybody has that feeling at some point in their lives. Yeah. But when you say this movie is specifically for this group of people, okay, well, I'm, I'm not a part of that group of people, so... Why would I watch the movie? <laughs> yeah. Do, should I not find comfort in it? Should right. I, do you know? You're not allowed. <laughs> mm-hmm. This yeah. is about me, not you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> at the end of the day, let's all around from every side be a little more inclusive, a little mm-hmm. more understanding. You know, we all feel a little different every day. Every single one of us. (laughs) All right. Well, tune in next time because tomorrow the conversation continues as we discuss more famous Disney duos and what they've taught us. But right now we're going to take one last break. When we get back, our latest Twitter poll about friends in Disney movies. Stick around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we wanted to know, what is the best Disney movie friendship? Now, Twitter only lets us put four options, so we were a bit limited. Uh, But we gave you the options of Timon and Pumbaa, Woody and Buzz, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope, and Lilo and Stitch. I think the number one answer was. I'm going Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, Timon and Pupa was second. Okay. 39.8%. Woody and Buzz got really? the top honor, 43.4%. Uh, Lilo and Stitch was in third with only 9.6%. Ralph and, v- and Vanellope was 7.2%. I loved Ralph and Vanellope from uh, Wrecked Ralph. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Woody and Buzz. I mean, yeah, I feel like that's the right answer. Sure. And they've been friends for... Like 18, 20 years, something like that. Well, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> Let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is James five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, 
then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will, too. Mo, final thought. I'm tongue-tied today, I think. (laughs) I don't know. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.